House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at the Look at the Coming on. Coming on. I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back, everyone, to the House of Run podcast. House of Run at gmail.com is the email address. I'm Kevin. He's Jason. We're going to talk about USA Champs, the indoor variety that is. Femke Bowl breaking the Formula World Record. Grant Fisher's solo run. Uh, Tobogo running a 300-meter world record outdoors. Is it outdoor 300-season already, Jason? Time flies. I. We got spring forward, we got fall back, and we got run of 300 outdoors. <laughs> What's going on here? The groundhog doesn't know what the hell's going on. Um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, man, another Van Niekerk record. That's, that's rough. That's, you know, hurts a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even look at it. It's not Bolt? For some reason, that was Bolt. Uh, maybe it was at some point, but I'm pretty sure Van Niekerk was the, uh, was the owner before, before Tobogo. I did notice on the video, you have the folks, uh, holding the blocks from behind the athletes, which is a you know, fairly common thing, but not something you normally associate with world record performances. So that, that was cool to see everybody putting their feet behind the blocks so they didn't slide. Um, we also got Katir suspension to talk about, mm. yep. a proposed change in the long jump as well. And we will, of course, read emails. But let's start with USA's. I told you last week, Jason, I said, I'm not a betting man, but were I a betting man, I would load up on Christian Coleman upsetting, well, not upsetting Noah Lyles, but I thought maybe the odds would have actually tilted towards Lyles after. I think it would have been close. Lyles yeah. Had, yeah, late run on the public money towards Lyles. He's in all the commercials. People know him. Name brand guy. Uh, but I was wrong. I would have lost money, which is why I do not uh, gamble. Lyles ran an amazing 60, yep. uh, got got the win. As per usual, Coleman got out in front, had a lead. Wasn't as – it seemed surmountable. And I don't know if that's just because we've seen Coleman get run down a bunch and we've seen Lyles really close all the way. But it wasn't one of those, oh, my God, I can't believe he came back from that far. 630, 643 to six forty. Four. Let's talk about outdoors, though. Really, like, what does this mean for outdoors? That that that's what I want to know. I mean, forget. I mean, indoors is exciting. It's great. He ran the six forty three, but like, this is this is a new level of Lyles we're seeing right now. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's I, I think it's very telling. And I try. I, I've like almost never taken anything away from a sixty meters before. Um, but this is this is something that he did, ran it twice. Um, like significant improvement from previous years in the weakest part of his race, which is the first, you know, 40 or whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, if you're beating Chris Coleman, <laughs> Christian Coleman and like 644 for Christian Coleman, like it's okay. Maybe it's not prime Coleman where, you know, he sets the world record and runs like 634 or whatever, but like 644 is good. Um, and would probably win you most years, but Lyle's running 643, uh, just tells me that, you know, I, last year he was, you know, he won the gold, but it wasn't like, oh, well, Lyles was the best 100-meter runner in the world clearly last year. It was like, no, he ended up on top, but the whole event was a train wreck, and he came out of it. Um, this year, that might be different. He might just be the best in the world. 
Yeah. Hey, we'll see. Maybe this is one of those, okay, great indoor season. But at this stage in his career, it would be weird for him just to have a really abnormally great indoor season and it not translate over at all. When you look at people who have that in the past, usually there's a pattern of them doing yeah. that. Oh, these they're, they're indoor stars and then they, they're just mediocre when it comes time for outdoors. Or it's their first time on the scene. Maybe they put a lot into indoors, and then by the time they get to the midsummer, late summer part of the season, they're out of gas. I just, I fail to believe that Lyles and his coach have miscalculated this. I think a more logical explanation is just he's just better. He just he just fixed something. He found something, yep. and he's legitimately better. Does that, you know, it, it does does is it a one plus one equals two type of situation here where it's just all right? Well, now this is going to make every single one of his uh, events better, or is it you know he's getting better at this? Maybe it's making his clothes in in the hundred. Maybe it won't be quite as potent. I don't know. Like I wouldn't think so. I think this is all just completely a value add for Lyles at this point in his career. I'm just surprised that at his age. He's PBing in the sixty. Yeah. Again, it it just tells me that there's there's a technical fix that happened that they were able to address that that made him that much better. Do I think he's going to break the world record in the hundred now? No, I'm still on the no side. But is he the favorite in the hundred? Absolutely. Who else has improved their stock since last year's outdoor season? You maybe you could say Akeem Blake a, a little bit because of the time he ran runner running going runner up to Lyles. But, like, you wouldn't put Coleman any higher than he was last year because we've seen solid 60s from Coleman, and, and now he's behind Lyles. Curly, I mean, he ran indoors, which is noteworthy in and of itself. But who is – who's better now than they were I – mean, maybe the aforementioned Tobogo. I would say Tobogo would be the only maybe guy the only... that I would – you know, he's so young too. Um, yeah. And obviously won the won the silver last year. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. Obviously – with the way it was last year, it was like, oh, okay, all these guys could be better than they were last year just because everyone was bad last year. Like, Curly wasn't good the whole year, basically. Um, you know, yeah. uh, Trayvon Pramel, like, you know, never it never went right for him last year. Um, mm -hmm. Like, all a bunch of dudes who've run, like, 9.7 or low 9.8, like, just didn't do it last year. So it's like all those guys could take the leap forward, but there's no, like reason to go okay well do i think curly will probably be better this year than he was last year yeah do i think he'll be as good as two years ago i don't know maybe um but like yeah if you had to bet i like you said lyles for sure um tobogo you know seems like a good bet but i don't know how you how do you compare uh, a 643 after what lyles did last year when we know he's capable of in longer distances to Tobogo's thirty sixty nine outdoor three hundred. Like how do we how do we do outdoor three hundred to indoor sixty conversion charts for the I mean 100? we all know how that works. How does, so I mean it's it's an easy does, correlation of uh yeah, I mean who knows. But you know, obviously going into the season I think I don't know, was uh uh Tobogo one of your uh bold predictions? I can't remember. I know you were high you were you were high on Tobogo. Rightfully I so. was high on Tobogo. Well I was high on Tobogo and part of that was I didn't think Lyles would repeat in the in the hundred. Yeah, I I, I, thought I was on that, that page as well. That, 
Yeah, I thought that was a one-year thing, and it was great. He took advantage of it, but listen, it was close last year, and there's a lot of guys who could step up this year. I have <laughs> – I had – I just pulled up the bold prediction. I had nobody breaks 985 in the men's 100. Yeah. I In the summer. I put in the summer. Okay. So right now, go crazy. Right. Go <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I think that's likely to happen. Um, I think Lyles is likely. I mean, he, he technically did it just in the championships last year. Um, yeah. But I, uh, yeah, like I said, I just think, you know, he took a legit step forward. Um, and, you know, maybe some people saw it coming more. Um, but like I said, it just seemed like, okay, well, Lyles wasn't. It's not like he, I don't think he was like consistently running great last year in the hundred, right? Like, I mean, he was just kind of one of the guys. He, what was he third at USA? Sure. He was third. Yeah. yeah. So was it like yeah. barely? You know, Charles barely made the team. Charleston Curly and or no Curly didn't even have to run. That's right. Cur- oh, so okay. So maybe it was. I can't remember. Um. No, I have a. I have a. I thought I, I was pretty a, sure he ran, finished third, but I, you know, I trust your memory with that more than mine. No, I. No, no, I, I think you're right, and I think he it was a close third, wasn't and that's it? What I'm, that's what I want to say. I'm pulling up. Um, Sorry, folks. My memory's gone. I used to uh, used to remember this stuff back in the day. But, like, I'm looking at Here his. Here men's hunting. So, it's like, obviously, something something clicked for him in Budapest. Because, like, so his hundreds last year, 995, 990, 992, 980, plus 4.4. Oh, and the previous two were not win legal either. <laughs> 997, 1005, mm-hmm. 994, 10.0. First round, 995. Second round, 987. Third round, 983. And then he also ran 985 at the pre-classic. So, like, something clicked. And, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, okay. <clears throat> He's, like, at the top of his, his form. That's great. Um, but it was like, I don't know if this is real, you know, as far as, like, this guy's going to be, um, you know, the favorite for gold next year or whatever. But, yeah, in, in USA's, he ran 10.0 flat and finished. Yeah, flat. yeah. Ten flat. So like there yeah. was there was okay, no so was signs it? before before Budapest last year that he was you know like you would have given him a chance to medal because like literally everybody who made the final had a chance to medal. The story was can he get on the team? That right. was the story, and then we said because there's Bracy and then Bromel and then there's Coleman and Lyles and Michael Norman's running and Kenny Bednarik and all these other guys, and it ended up a lot of people got hurt, a lot of people. You know, it didn't materialize for them. And then it became clear, okay, he could still make this team, but he could also miss it. But then you look at that final. Yeah, Char- Curly doesn't run it because he didn't need to. He had the bye. 995-996, Charleston and Coleman. And Lyles was 10-0. And he was a 10th clear of fourth, which is impressive. But it was, it was Brandon Carnes and JT Smith. And then Bromel's back there in sixth with 10-14. So it didn't give you much confidence of like, oh yeah, he got on the team and he knocked off all these big names. Now he's going to go to roll in Budapest. It was like, all right, cool story. He's going to go for the double, but he's not a favorite, no. not a favorite for the, for the, for the podium. And he ended up getting it. So yeah, that's a good, that's a good reference point. I think for Lyles and just how quickly things have, have changed for him. And now he has a, Status of favorite. I think we have to say he's the he's the clear favorite. I want to talk about these sixty hurdles, yeah. uh, if we could. It's shaping up to be the year of the sixty hurdles. <laughs> Tia Jones, uh, seven sixty seven, equaled the world record in uh, in the semis, which is crazy. Uh, and then Grant Holloway, I've heard of him in the men's side of things. First, first, uh, first round. 
breaks his world record. Um, and that was the last we saw. Of yep. <laughs> uh, Cunningham ended up winning it, but um, yeah, Holloway and Jones world record taking taking advantage of that altitude there. Holloway seven twenty seven. Um, he's just damn good at sixty hurdles. He's so good at it, it's I insane. That I have I have nothing yeah, to add. It's 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 kind of. It's not. I mean, it's not at all surprising. We ex- I expect him to win and set the world record like half the time, um, but I just like it's it's crazy just how locked in he is in the sixty hurdles. It's it's just it's just so funny. It was the f- the first round, as I mentioned, but you might watch that and think oh, that looks like the final because the margins just ridiculous. No matter what race he runs, I mean, it, it would have been definitely closer because Trey Cunningham's better than anybody who was in. Holloway's yeah. heat, but it's just still it's just laughably one sided in these in these sixty hurdle races. And the question is the other forty meters. Um jump into the distance stuff. I, I wanted to talk about the men's fifteen. Did you think this was significant? Because we talked about the potential for the US to put together a little run here with Nagoose and then the emergence of Kessler and then Hawker coming yeah. back. And then right on cue, Hawker, Hawker put together really that was that was throwback to his Oregon yep. days with with the kick the 2021 season basically there uh, ran away from Kessler put and, and win and and everybody else who was who was a little back of him but just 26.76 on the close for for Hawker 337 um, wins by more than a second which is hard to do in a championship race indoors and I think. I don't know if there's a clear three, but because it's still the fifteen hundred, right. but there there's definitely and they're definitely not a big three. We, we couldn't go that not yet. It's not a big yeah. three. Yeah, not a clear three or a big three, but it's a. How can we describe it? Yeah, it's it's. It, well, it's 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 an emerging, emerging yeah emerging three? threes. I like emerging three, and, and just I think you know because you have those three, which is a hell of a start, but then you still have you know some other guys who can maybe enter the conversation and make this 15, like really, really good, which it appears to be. Um, so like, I, I just think, you know, Hawker was like, okay, we, we're pretty sure he's going to be there. Like just the way he ran that. I'm like, okay, barring injury, he's going to be around and he's going to be really, really good. Kessler's already had a really good start. We know Nagoose is one of the, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, five, six best in the world. Um, uh-huh. So that's really, really good. And then there's, you know, maybe, couple other guys who could who could maybe get in there and that's like a you know one of the things to look most forward to for like a you know um olympic trials or something like that Mm -hmm. what do you think would have to happen i'm still thinking about the josh kerr ingerbritson trash talk for yared nagus to enter the mix in that because yeah anybody who spent any time around yared nagus Pretty much the opposite of trash talk is how it is. Right. And I just think it would be great if I if I woke up one morning and then opened the, the pages of a uh, Norwegian newspaper and it was just Nagoose's face on the front and it uh, quotes about him just trashing Ingerbritz. Or, I mean, I guess he could do Kerr as well, too. Just talk talk to the Telegraph or something. Right. And then, that would be, I mean, I would love it. Any chance? Um, I don't think there's any chance he's, he's part of that uh, trash talking. Um, group, but like he could start, I, he could put himself in there as like a metal type favorite. Um, 
I think. Like, I mean, yeah. it's it's so hard because, yeah, Ingebrigtsen, you know, even if you go, hey, man, the guy can't finish the gold for some reason. He's getting one of those medals, right? Barring disaster. Um, it's basically a guarantee. Um, Kerr mm-hmm. looks really, really good. So he'll, he'll, he's certainly on that list. Nagus is on that list. Um, there, there's there's going to be, you know, whatever it is, six, seven guys that are there. Um, it'll be hard to separate, I guess, more. Um, you know, Kerr has the skin of, of beating Ingebrigtsen. And he's, like I said, he's looked good right now. And so, like, he deserves, you know, the, the, the credit and, and, the, and the spotlight that he has at this point. But I guess, like... I don't know, it, midway, you know, midway through the, the track season or in, in May or June or something like you could easily just like look at results and be like, okay, yeah, Kerr's in the same group as Nagus and, and whoever else, Nordos and whatever. Mm-hmm. You excited for uh, Glasgow? I know you get up for world. That's English. true. Yeah. I'm, I, I actually kind of am. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be pretty good. What else uh, from USA's did you want to talk about? Elios. Yeah, Aaliyah Hobbs won the women's 60, yep. uh, women's 15, Nikki Hiltz, uh, Eleanor Purrier St. Pierre won the women's three, Hopple, men's eight, 146.6. He's pretty good at the, at the indoor eight. He's, he, he seems is. to get off to this start like every single year, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. I mean, he, you know, obviously he just like it hasn't fully translated into outdoors like the last couple of years. Like he's in that mix, but I guess, I don't know. The event's getting a little better. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. The aforementioned Nagus won the Yeah, Nagus won the three. No no surprise there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if anything else really stuck out. Those were the those were certainly the big ones. Um, well, meanwhile, on the other side of the country, Grant Fisher was running a 12.51 yeah. 5K, the final 3K of which he was by himself. Yeah. Had a rabbit for a 2K and almost broke the American record. Are rabbits overrated, Jason? Is Wavelight technology mm. overrated? Because they didn't have that at BU. I know you want to chalk up every performance that's good now to a bunch of little light it's bulbs. True. Like your Thomas Thomas freaking Edison over here. <laughs> um, this, is, this is one of those things that's just – it might be more impre- – it, it is – in many senses of the world, like more impressive than times that are a lot faster. If you look at what he actually did and it does make you question some of those necessities that we say have to be in place for a, a, a fast time. Like he ran 12 51 84 with no pacers after, after 2000 meters. Yeah. Like I'm watching the video right now. I'm scrolling through it as we speak. There's no one near Grant Fisher. This is just a, it's like a time trial. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is impressive, obviously. I mean, of course, it is. But like, I mean, twelve fifty one by yourself. Um, yeah, just missing the American record. I mean, only two seconds off the world record. Um, Imagine if he broke the world <laughs> record running by himself. Right. Like, this is so weird to me. Is this? Weird? I guess this goes back to our own experience with running, and we try to figure out the best way to to run fast, and then you PR in the like dumbest race possible. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> So I guess sometimes, sometimes you just get locked just, into that pace or whatever, and it's just it feels feel like easy, right? Day. Like it's just like okay, I'm I'm in good shape. Um, yeah, and like on the surface, you know, you've seen what like Fisher has done when healthy the last couple of years, and it's like okay, twelve fifty one eighty four. Like I'd bet on nothing against Woody Kincaid, but like yeah, Grant Fisher's you know 
a faster runner than Woody Kincaid, like in a vacuum. Um, so yeah, it makes sense, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like you said, it was just a really, really impressive run. And, um, yeah, another, I mean, Fisher, like Nagoose is going to be on that short list, right? I mean, he'll, he's absolutely in the metal contender list as long as he's healthy and he, he looks just as good as he did a couple years ago. Sure, this has already been discussed, but I, I am slightly out of loop now. But it appears that the guy who rabbited Fisher for the first 2K, after he got done, went on the infield and started taking pictures of Grant Fisher, like with a professional camera. That's awesome. And again, I just I'm I'm pretty sure this is the case. Someone can write in and let me know um, if that is true. But yeah, I, I'm watching on the infield now, and it looks like it's that same guy. With a camera. Has that ever happened before? That's a good point. <laughs> Just to... And the thanks for rabbiting sucked. and the finish line picture done by the same guy. It's impressive. <laughs> I guess I guess just if you want to make the most amount of money possible. It's true. Got to get those, you know, get that check, photos. man. Yeah. Did Bram Som ever just whip out the Sony after he was like the second lap? Should have. I mean, I guess is... he was on the other side of the track. That would have been harder for him. Fisher's just going around and around. Same spot. It's a little easier. Just as just yeah, this is ridiculous to to watch. BU is fast. BU is always fast, that. for sure. We do know that. All right. So Fisher, we talked to Bogo. We talked Oh, let's do a world record song for uh, for those. Well, do, I mean, do we want to do world record song for? Is that angry world record for sixty? Hurdles? So since there was three no, of them, it's a legit. It's a legit record. Right? Yeah, there's a sixty meter world record, uh, sixty meter hurdle world record, the four hundred indoor world record, and the three hundred oh, yeah, we... world record outdoors. So like, with their powers combined, they they earn the regular world record song. Yeah, I want to talk about – okay, well, let's play that, and then I want to talk about uh, Femke Bowl on the other side of the break. Coming up. <laughs> well, it's a world record, the likes of which has never been seen. Well, it's a world record highest fastest farthest a human's ever achieved wouldn't believe if i told you go to youtube and i'll show you got results to verify soon it will be ratified well it's a world record the likes of which has never been seen World record Highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved Well, it's a world record Well, it's a world record All right, Femke Bowl. Yeah. Let's talk about her. Uh, you said she had peaked. You said we'd never see... <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Uh, indoors... Crushing it, yeah. Running the running the. She's really I was gonna good say the, the indoor four. I was gonna say running the flat four, but there's it's banked, so that's tough. So she goes forty nine, twenty four. Uh, last year she was forty nine, twenty six. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, this could be the year. 
the skip of the year. I think so. I think that's what I was saying. I mean, by the year, I mean, she already won it, but. (laughs) Right. But I I think it could be like another step up type of year. Like I I thought, I think she has a chance at the 400 meter world record. Um, You know, I think I don't. Four minute hurdle world record. Four, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, four minute hurdle world record. Um, I, you know, I would love for her to enter the open four. Um, I think she could run really fast. I mean, I guess if when you run 49.2 indoors, I think you might be good outdoors as well. Um, but yeah, she has the two fastest times in history mm-hmm. by a pretty decent gap. Um, mm-hmm. She's yeah, she's unbelievable. And and like I said last year, she she had a similar start last year. She's been just a tiny bit better even this year. It didn't really like. I don't. She didn't have like a big PR or anything outdoors last year, but I think I think that's happening this year. You talking about the four hurdles or the open? I guess both. I mean, she had a, obviously a great year in the four hundred hurdles, but like, didn't she, did she take a major step up? In the four hurdles, she did. Well, she had never won a gold medal before. That's true. And then she won that, it. That helps. So. Um, no, I guess I guess she did. Uh, yeah. She did improve by, yeah, like almost a half, like a half second. So that's that's a pretty big jump. So, but I, I still think she could she could do better, like which is just because I think she's that good. Wow, wait, she proved by a half second the four hurdles last yeah. year. Yeah, I guess so. That surprised me, but is that accurate? Fifty one forty five from fifty two oh three, so more than half a second. Yeah, the London race. Oh, I guess because it it didn't happen in Budapest. So she's fifty one seventy in Budapest. So those are. Second, second best time. Yeah, yeah, but she, yeah, she, she got she the third fastest time ever, just missing Sydney's second best time. Um, so definitely a legit shot to go under fifty one, and then once you're there, who knows? Jeez, the the non Sydney Femke Muhammad top time now, the old world record, <laughs> so far 20th, down twentieth. <laughs> That's 20th. yeah, literally three runners have the nineteen best times ever. I mean, and it's. Think about okay, so think about if if um, just let's just take Sydney and, and Bull. How many more times could they run faster than that old world record? Oh, I mean, like, five times a year. Yeah, yeah. Each it, it would just it'd be funny. But by the time they retire, there's well, then you could throw Britton Wilson in there too. Like you got to figure she's. Gonna oh yeah, run. she could she could get in that that conversation That's for so sure. Wild. Yeah, she so she's the one who's gonna drop something crazy. Because uh, she's it. She ran six thousand times last year. Well, fifty three oh eight in the four hurdles is her time. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna drop a second plus. Yeah, but in the in the flat forty nine thirteen. Yeah, she's gonna drop a lot in that too. I feel like she's gonna yeah. have a huge year. Yeah, I think that'll. Well, I mean, we we, we don't know what Sydney's plans are, but even if you took her out of it. Wilson versus Bull could be really awesome because I think they'll both run uh, quite a bit, hopefully, and they could both go in e- either event too. Yeah, that'll be. I guess yeah. I mean, I know we talked about it a bunch last year, but that that'll be really the interesting thing of just where does everybody go again? You know, I mean, maybe maybe it's as simple as Sydney sticks with the Open Four. You know, Femke sticks with the four hundred hurdles. Um, Wilson obviously is a big one. But then you still have a ton of other really good 400 meter runners. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm just you know I'm hoping for for that perfect storm of the 400 that we didn't really get close to last year. But um, certainly no, could we be were there. very far away. 
that storm was I mean that was what you know I wanted in the men's two for a long time too like I mean it's every once in a while you get it though and that's that's I just want you know I want like six women on the line who are legit 48 second uh you know 400 400 meter yeah yeah okay before we get to uh those these long jump changes that I want to talk about yeah we forgot last week was a busy show so we did not talk about the Katir suspension. Yeah. Where, whereabouts failures, out for two years. He's accepted the the sanction. So he's going to be gone for the Olympics this year. Um, he had the three – the combo of the missed tests and the filing failures. And this is a big deal. This is very fast. He's won medals recently. Yeah. Never, never got to gold, but he's been uh, a consistent presence, 15, and – Five also you know, just clocks him in incredible times. Um, I mean, as an Olympics, that's always a huge deal. Yeah, you never know so, how many of those you're going to get. He had three uh, failures. They all were in uh, 2013. Do you want to go through these one by one? Did do you find this interesting or not? I mean, I guess the you know the 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 uh, result of it is you know. Oh, it's obviously very important. I'm just saying yeah. going through and being like, all right, he said he was here, and then he was there, and then he did this, and then he... – I don't know if you've yeah, and that's the thing your is fill like, of that. Yeah, there's – it's always hard. I mean, it's one of those things. They're, they weren't three in a row, you know, which always is a little more concerning, we'll say, eh, shady, whatever you want to call it. Um, what, February 28th, April 3rd, October 10th. No, you know, whatever that means – I don't know. I mean, we've seen we've seen this a decent amount. Like I said, we've we've had this conversation a bunch before. Um, I just I, I, after the Coleman thing, where we're just like, wait, where's all the, where are all the Chipotle's yeah. in yeah, Lexington, I, Kentucky? It yeah. just at that point, I just felt like we'd never be able to commit as much as we did. So I don't. That's yeah, the thing. Is it? Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's more. F- I mean, these. You know, I mean, you, you kind of go through them. It's like they're, they're not weird enough or crazy enough to like i don't feel like getting deep into the weeds it's just kind of like it seems relatively straightforward the fact that he just accepted it you know yeah that, i think he was right yeah i mean that's I, that's like that that doesn't happen super often you know like yeah um, well and guys I, I heard kerr who i was surprised kerr actually weighed in on this you know usually he's a little he- more hesitant to speak his mind um <laughs> he said Straight up, this is part of your job. Like you got it. Oh, so yeah, I can't feel bad for anybody. This happens to like it's on you. Yeah, as opposed to trying to figure, oh, clean, dirty, or whatever. He's just like, well, these are the rules. You didn't follow them. You're going to be suspended. I, I'll, I'll go into them a little bit here. So the first one, filing failure. Uh, The tester showed up. Um, and he 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 wasn't there in Spain, and he was actually in Portugal. Apparently visiting his fiance, who Katir said was sick, and then he left to go see her, and then didn't update the whereabouts. But AIU, they always got the records. They're freaking on Travelocity more than <laughs> more than more than you and I are. Um, he had actually booked it two days earlier, mm. so it wasn't as last minute as he said. Um, then they went to his house again. This was the one in April, but he was training out of the country. Claimed he had tried to change his 
whereabouts, but the system wasn't working. Um, and then the, there's records there that the system emailed him and said, you need to provide more information. Um, and then the last one in October, they showed up between 7, 20, 8.20 p.m. And he said – his dad said he was training. And then he thought it was supposed to be 7 to 8 a.m. So he said he said it for the wrong hour. Which you got – you can't get that wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just like, man, okay, we've all done that with an alarm clock before, I feel like, at one point. You know, what the hell happened? Oh, damn, once. PM? Once. Um, yeah. But I also – in that case, I wasn't on two whereabouts things, and um, you know, yeah, if, yeah. if I get a last and final from my work, and they're like, "Hey, if you're late again, and you say you set your alarm wrong or whatever, like you're you're gone for two years," and I'll be like, "That's weird. You're gonna let me come back after two years and then this office <laughs> job? That's strange." Um, but Big Five Sporting Goods <laughs> is gonna sit you out for an Olympic year. <laughs> me? You know how much merch I move? <laughs> but. Yeah, it's, it's, so yeah, there's, I mean, there's, it's not, you know, they're not, it's not like one of those things, like, it's just, yeah, you should have done it, man. Like, I don't know what else to, what else to say. They're not great excuses. Clearly, the first one's just, like, I guess a lie or just whatever. But either way, it's just not, uh, yeah. You know, you miss an Olympics, you miss a World Championships, or, I don't know, will he miss the World Championships or will be back before that? Either way, big, big deal. Um... I think that's a good I don't question. know when it goes like goes back to. I guess if it's October, then no, yeah, no, he's out. Then yeah, he's, he's out. out. Yeah, he's so out. yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I just think this is a big deal too in terms of the competitive balance of two events. Yeah, I mean, yeah, medals each of the last two years, and very challenging events too. We've talked about how deep the five is, and obviously the fifteen hundred is. I mean, yeah, he like he was one step away from Ingebrigtsen in that five last year. Oh, can you imagine the story now? If it's a go- I, it takes on a whole different dynamic when the person wins gold. Even though it's it's bad all around for yeah, especially a met. We talk about a medalist, but yeah, if it's the if it's the winner of the race, oof, just goes up that much more. You know the. The criticism, the questions about, well, why why did this happen and how come people didn't know? You know, all even if it's some of it's unfair towards the folks in charge of the stuff, it just takes on a whole different uh, tone if you're talking about a gold medal. Because they're not going to – we'll re- move up Luis Grahal, but no, it's not how it works, man. Like how many times have yeah. you been through this? It's not – if it's a failed test from right after the competition, then maybe. But you're talking about, you know, missed tests that went all the way – the last one being in October – it's not going to – I mean, remember going back to the, the Nasser thing? Yeah. Uh, Milawebo didn't get a medal ba- or didn't get upgraded to gold from that. Yeah. So it's just it's just not how it works. You just can't. Yeah, it's just – yeah. Going There's forward. not enough to quite there for that. I mean, you can – and if someone wants to say, hey, man, those excuses were garbage and, you know, he lied in one of them, the dude's dirty, like I'm going to be like, all right, you might be right. Like I don't know, you know, but – But even still, um, you can't – if it, the last one was oh, October, yeah. it's not – that's that's after the the. It's not like he would have been ineligible for the world championships last year. It was October we're talking about, right? So no, exactly. And it's I you know I feel like I don't know, just randomly look at this. Like I have no rooting interest for Katir. Two years. It seems seems right, you know. But 
that's it's missing uh, an Olympics and a World Championships. It's a it's a big deal, obviously. So yeah, he'll be back theoretically twenty twenty six. He'll be back for a the first you know, non have a full year yeah have years. a full year to to come when uh, is when's Houlihan back again? I always lose track of that. Oh, is that's it, right. No. Is it twenty twenty five? Are we? No, wait, that can't be right. Are we a year away. Oh my god. That'll be crazy. Because it's very rare, you know, someone, like, when they come back from the four-year, because you almost forget about them. <laughs> and because you just assume their career's done. But, yeah. I mean, it happens sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. 2020, 20, yeah, 2021. So, yeah. 2025, January, according to Wikipedia, January 13th, 2025. Oh, so we're less than a year away. That's crazy. Wow. I know this isn't the point of that situation, and it's very obviously people have really strong opinions about it. But man, does it make me feel old to think that four years have passed since that—the passage of time. I know I'm right. Not everybody marks the passage of time by doping suspensions, but <laughs> it's how I prefer you, to do it. If you do do it, gosh, we're all old. That just flew by, man. That is crazy. Next thing you know, my kids are off to college. It's wild. Absolutely wild. All right, long jump time. You ready for this one? Yeah. So, you know how we always talked about what if they measured the long jump from where they took off instead of the board? And, and we, yes. we could cut down on the fouls. Well, Earth Sports is doing it. And you know what? As much as we criticize the hashtag innovations from Earth Sports, I'm going to say good on you on this one. Not that, okay. we're gonna, not that they're necessarily going to do it, but they're, they're going to test it. They're going to yeah. test it. They're going to see how it goes. I'm sure people are going to hate it. Some people are going to love it. But I like the fact that they're actually tinkering with something that could make an event more fun. Now, all the long jump purists, before you hop in the inbox, if you are a long jump purist, please write in and identify yourself as such. But anyway, I just – listen, there's no harm Carl, done. Carl Lewis is writing in furiously right now. He is, he is upset. I did see quotes from Carl. He is upset. Yeah, which uh, I mean – Makes Surprise sense. to no one. And right. he's, you know, I'm not going to say he's wrong. Right. He, right. It's a tradition of the event that they're, that they're tinkering with. Right. So, so I get it. Um, but then you read these quotes from, these are this is from John Ridgden, the CEO of World Athletics. Um, quote, we're looking at this from the sun. We're looking at all the disciplines, particularly the field events and going, right. How do we make them better? At the World Championships in Budapest last summer, a third of all the jumps were no jumps where the athletes stepped over the front of the takeoff board. Well, that doesn't work. That's a waste of time. So we're testing at the moment a takeoff zone rather than a takeoff board. We'll measure from where the athletes take off to where they land in the pit. That means every single jump counts. It adds to the jeopardy and drama in the competition. At the same time, we're working out ways we can get instant results so you don't have to wait 20 to 30 seconds before the result pops up. How can we speed up the whole competition? It's a whole range of innovation we're looking at based on hopefully robust data. What in that do you disagree with? Not much in that. Um, I think, you know, so in general, like I'm like, like you, I'm glad they're testing it out. Um, Cause I just, I think it's interesting <clears throat> and I'd be all for a meet doing this just to see what the results are like with the top level jumpers. But I guess 
the, the, the only hiccup comes from is just like, hey, part of the skill of it isn't just how far you can jump. It's, you know, can you time out your jump correctly, right? Like, that is a skill. That's Oh, like that, definitely, that's, yeah. It's a huge part of the event. And so you're removing a big part of the skill, and you'll get a lot bigger numbers, you know? Cause, and, it's, and it sucks, man, when someone misses, you know, the board by a centimeter, and they do some massive jump, and you're just like, oh, man, that's, that's tough. But it's, I don't know. Like, I, I, like, if you were just like, hey, make the decision now, new format, or, or old format for, you know, for the Olympics this year, I'm sticking with the old format. I'm going to put on my Joe six-pack hat. I'm going to put on my, my Stephen A. Track hat here. Yeah. Why do we care, though, about that part of the skill of it? Don't we just want to see who can jump the farthest? Isn't that the fun of it? I guess, to an extent, yes. I want to see raw feats of athleticism. But then do you want the fastest man in the world just to be who can reach the highest miles per hour? Why do we care how well they can start out of the blocks? Because that wouldn't be fair. Andy Murray would have, what, gold and Wimbledon? <laughs> and what, however many other tournaments he won? That's not... Right, yeah. No, no but, it's... but we talked about this with the, within the context. Let's bring up a, more apples to apples, and let's introduce our favorite recurring to, uh, term, kumbakaloom. Let's talk about the relays here. We talked about how it's kind of stupid... <laughs> Right, that we've introduced the ability to pass a stick while you're moving in a relays. And if you could now, it would make it less dramatic. So in that sense, it's it's the opposite. Because Ridge and saying this will make it more dramatic if you can do this, because there's be fewer. Which fouls. it would, it would. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah. but when we're talking about the relay, it's just like there, there's there's something to the argument that we're making this overcomplicated, um, and it, and it. Just we want do, – do people tune in to see that or would they rather just see the pure uh, demonstration of athletic excellence? So that that would be my, my Joe six-pack pushback because I think people would be – oh my gosh, look how far that jump is. Here's the other part of it though and I think this is what he's hitting at in this quote too. There's been all this talk and a lot of even track people, right? Michael Johnson has been saying, hey, we should cut down on events. Right, even track people say, "Let's let's change this. Let's tweak that." Remember, this is in the Diamond League. This is out of the Diamond League. I think what they're doing is saying, "Okay, but what if we could we make this just better? Could we make before we think about dropping a whole bunch of events? Is there a way to improve the event to make it more fan friendly? And and can you do both? Can you make it fan friendly while preserving?" We don't want to light a javelin on fire and then throw it into the middle of the field. Are you sure? Actually, that sounds pretty cool. But but can we can is there a way to do both? Do you get what I'm saying with it? For sure. And, and Yeah, no, and if it was, hey, we're gonna cut the long jump or we're gonna do this, then sign me up for the new format. And also, if they just go, Hey, by the way, we're doing the new format, I'll just be kinda like, Oh man, I I don't think it's the right choice, but I also won't be like infuriated by it. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm, you know, kind of, I don't know. I'm just, I think baseball has, you know, done some, ah, here we go rule, you know, okay. We sped up the game. There were a bunch of people who were like, this is pitch clock is garbage, blah, blah, blah. It took about 10 games for like 99% of people to be like, this is so much better. Oh my God. I can't believe games are 25 minutes shorter 
but we're not losing anything except just dudes standing there with their arm to the ump just going, hold on, I really need to dig in my back heel for 12 seconds. Um, so yeah, like sometimes, and it's like, and the first time I watch it and there's this amazing back and forth, right? And people are just jumping, you know, like like crazy. And I'm just kind of like, man, this is really hard to hate right now. I, I Totally possible, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying that's not going to happen. Um, but I just, you know, I, I think overall I like having this that extra skill level to it it's not just how far can i jump because then it's i guess in that sense with the new rule the best i feel like you're actually reducing the amount of people who can win yeah maybe maybe because you're going hey this is you're the best pure jumper so and but when he says Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping over my words here. But basically, my thought is, yeah, if you're, if you're the, just the best pure jumper, and you know, hey, there's whatever. Let's say there's three guys who, who are the best pure jumpers, and they've got a little gap. So one of those three guys are going to win because they're not going to foul out f- for their jumps. Versus, man, things are getting a little tight. You're on your fifth jump. You know, you're in seventh right now. Like, how, do you want to play it safe? and try to do this or the one-off guy, you know, maybe he's right. He was ranked eighth, but he had the perfect, you know, hit the board at the perfect time. All that, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, I guess I could see it both ways a little bit. I agree with you. I think fewer people would be in the mix, but when he says it adds to the drama, I think it's more just, you know, that you're going to get a mark every time. That's, that's huge. And the annoying part about it is, is, Oh, this doesn't count. Oh, this doesn't count. It's just like, you know, with the soccer, oh, goal, sweet. And then you find out 12 seconds later that it was offsides or 35 seconds later after they talk about it or four minutes later after they go to VAR, right? Like, it's fun. Sports now, especially in the instant replay era, get really bogged down on, wait, this was an awesome thing I just saw. Oh, wait, now it doesn't count. And and this isn't, for long jump, it's not something that's related to instant replay, but just the whole idea of, I just watched something. I know immediately he's talking about speeding up the results too. I know immediately how far they went and what place they're in. And it's not a waste of time of, Oh, that's a foul. That's a foul. That's a foul. And I think, listen, say there was a transcendent, transcendent long jumper that came around a mondo of the long jump. Yeah. In the next five, which there's a great possibility that person could be on the way because these things happen in cycles. Wouldn't it behoove the powers that be to have that person win a lot and yeah. and not lose because they fouled three times? Um, so there's that part of it too of just developing some consistency at the top. But yeah, I'm not going to say it's the solution. But everything else – remember their big plan for the long jump before? Remember what it was? Oh, the top three – then they all, they're the ones who get to jump those last couple rounds in the Diamond League and everything. And they hated it. And then they yeah. got, got rid of it. Or they had the thing This is where better they, than that to me. Those, that's a half measure. Yeah. Uh, reducing the clock. Didn't they do that for a while? That's a half measure. This is actually... Yeah. Yeah, this is actually bold. This is actually... It's not a bad idea. Like, I'm not even... Like, I, I'm... As we're talking about it, I'm like, I'm still on traditional. But it's like... It might be 60-40 to me. Okay, now that I have you thinking out of the box, why do you not like my NBA idea to shorten the time of games as opposed to the amount of games? Because no one else is saying that in the uh, running podcast space. I'm the only one out there. I'm on an island here, Jason. I need some support. 
I guess part of it to me is just uh, with 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 NBA. It's just like I don't see the issue with the current. Like I, I guess the issue is the players aren't doing it. But right, like wh- why aren't they doing yeah, it? Yeah, I get like, it. Like what the hell, guys? I get like, it. This they is, don't want to try hard, ridiculous. which sucks. I just, as a consumer though, I just want to get to the good part in the games. So if you could get me to the good part faster, I'm all in. Right. Which yeah. If you're just talking about pure watchability, minutes for the regular season. 48 for the playoffs. Yeah. Games are yeah. games are two hours or less. And yeah, you get more, you know, you get less of the garbage NBA All-Star game. Yeah, exactly. Just Same amount and, of games. You know. So that way you don't lose any gate receipts or, or TV money. But it throws off all the, the numbers. Well, I guess maybe the numbers go back to being I don't normal care about games the- are, you know, 100 to to 95 because I don't really care about the numbers. I'm I, it's the super shoe era, man. Who cares? Who cares? You got the, the women's marathon world record yeah. is 211. The world's still spinning on its axis, right? If, if, if the leading score in the NBA averages 25 points a game, uh, we'll be fine. They got to think of the long-term health of the league. Anyway, tangent over. I just want <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'll be, in, I, I am intrigued though. I'm glad they're they're trying something. Like I said, like even, again, baseball. Like baseball tries a lot of stuff at the minor leagues, at the like the lower levels, just to see what works and what doesn't. And like, let's do that. Like it's, uh, we could end up being surprised. This idea. <clears throat> maybe it's great, maybe it's terrible, but like if they keep doing stuff like this, yeah. some of them are going to stick, and they're going to. Well, and I good. wonder what else they have up their sleeves, and and why is it not javelins on yeah. fire? I mean, that's that's my question. Yeah, I mean, I I think we, but I think you're right. I think like this kind of stuff, do more of this or sports. You're going to get some stuff wrong, but like, dude, if you guys actually nail something, here's, here's you could here's, win athlete of the year. We'll give it to you. What is in, in, <laughs> out of stadia? What does track have going for it? A million meets. Play around with some of the stuff at the million meets that you yep. have. So many things you could do. And that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, just do this at a couple diamond leagues. I, I there's I, to me, there's no harm in that at all. Like, I'm 100 percent on board for just going. Hey, you know what? This one and this one, <clears throat> we're gonna be doing this different format. You know, let's try it out. See what happens because. It's, I don't know. I just don't think that would ruin anything, right? It would just be like, hey, we're going to try this out. We're going to get this to an audience. You know, Diamond Leagues yeah. are watched by people. So it's a chance to, to actually see kind of what's, yeah. what's what. No, I, I was excited about it just because, again, you could just try it out. See how there's no requirement to actually follow through on this. All right. Email. Nowsofrun at gmail.com. Sounds good. Email. Okay. Um, absolutely, man. We got some good ones here. Well, let's just, (laughs) some of these are just so off topic that just, it, it makes my NBA 36 minute game thing, uh, seem relevant. Um, oh, here we go. Here's Preet, uh, from North London here. Want to provide more context to Papua New Guinea's attempt to qualify for the war relays for which you attempted to explain the random tweet to Kevin last week that we both found entertaining and Kevin was very clearly confused. Uh, the race <laughs> took place as part of the pre-program 
at the Mori Plant Meet in Melbourne. Sadly, that means I wasn't able to find a race video. However, here are the results. The PNG, that's Papua New Guinea team, came in sixth place behind five Australian teams running 348.99, which was just under 20 seconds behind the fifth place team that ran 329. The teams traveled to Australia appear to have made headlines in the country with multiple articles which explain how the team's participation will assist Australia. I assume Australia needed another country to participate in order for it to be qualifying for it to be a qualifying race for relay ranking purposes. Perhaps the most interesting, intriguing athlete in the PNG mm. team is Edna Boafab who is a multi-eventer in the truest sense of the word, and I'm sure her exploits will be of interest to listeners of the podcast. In 2023, she participated in three championships. Um, at the Papua New Guinea Championship, she did the sprint triple okay. one, two, and four. However, her more interesting performance came at the Pacific Games, where she did the heptathlon, the individual high jump, and the 4 by one relay heats over the course of three days, and the 4 by four relay and 4 by one relay final over the two following days. However, I suspect... <laughs> In the running for the best event combinations at a single meet at the Oceana Cup on the 23rd and 24th of June, 2023, she did the high jump, shot put, four hurdles, and 4 by 4 mixed relay. Also, as an aside, the Twitter account, which posted the original tweet, belongs to one of UK Twitter's Athleticos, who have collectively have their own uh, podcast called Trackcastic. There we go. Uh, that's Preet. Thank you. Thank you, Preet. I want to st- – let's stay down under. Because uh, we got to follow up on the book, the New Zealand book. So here's nice. Mick, longtime listener Mick, formerly from Bendingo, now from Camperdon. Uh, G'day, Kevin, and Jason. There's an Australian running magazine called Runner's Tribe that are doing some cool things with the sport down here. Most importantly, from a House of Run point of view, they have brought several classic running books back into print, including No Bugles, No Drums. Can you please pass the below link Ooh. to your listener as it may also save him a trip to Australia to purchase The Unforgiving Minute by Ron Clark? Uh, that is Mick. All right. So I didn't, I didn't even send it yet. I hadn't even sent it yet. And then Taylor, who famously went to New Zealand to find this book, and it wasn't there on his honeymoon, but he was there to find the book. He says, following up on what is apparently the rarest of all running books, I think it is fitting that Dan got the copy of the book. So that's last week's uh, emailer. I think, the, I think the Kiwi trumps the American in this yeah. scenario. I was mostly intrigued by the idea of buying the book in New Zealand rather than ordering it on Amazon back home. By the way, it is available on Amazon, super reasonably priced at $398.77 used. Uh, a quick search of the Columbus – that's in Ohio for those of you down under – Metropolitan Library – Database led me to an oral history of the Korean War by the same name. It does look like I could get it as a paperback for about $50 from an Australian website. But I kind of like the mystique of it being unfindable, so I think I'll be passing on that option as well. So when he says Australian website, I wonder if he's referring to the same thing that Mick is referring to. To, to well, Runner's Tribe now, and I'm seeing, com. He says 50 bucks. Yeah. This, this is might $24. be it, Taylor. So this this might bad. be it. And this was recommended, or this was sent in, yeah. you know, by an Australian listener, giving you this. This, I, I feel like this, this adds to it, right? This isn't the same as finding yeah. it on Amazon. Yeah, you have this a ton a in common with this that. guy, with each other. I know that from years of meeting listeners. You all have a lot in common with each other. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's everyone is it's very similar right, in so the best possible way. Give us an update though. I want to hear what happens next. Yeah, for sure. And we'll send you that link. All right, here is Richard the bad but happy Masters athlete. 
Uh, extremely long time listener, first time emailer, and shout out to my internet run friend. Love it. Bucks correspondent Kyle. I uh, just wanted to make a couple notes nice. from the throws at US Indoors. First, if you're unsure what record song to play for Daniel Hawes' weight throw world record, it is definitely the angry world record. One, the U.S. is the only country where the weight throw is even a thing, mostly as a way to keep collegiate hammer throwers busy. Two, as a not-at-all-good master's competitor in the throws whose Instagram algorithm feeds a lot of throws content, I can assure you that throwers collectively don't love the throw. In that way, you can knock your family, but no one else can. Three, anger has to be a key to be throwing Mm. a 35-pound ball 26 meters. Uh, Second, the U.S. men's non-Krauser entry to the world indoor for shot will be Roger Steen, notable as a former D3 thrower who lifts in his garage and has appeared at the last two USATF Wisconsin Open Masters meets, presumably for some meat-like practice. The contrast of a top five U.S. shot putter and random middle-aged and older folks throwing in the same circle is something to witness be part of. Did I mention how not good my marks are as a thrower? While he literally sent the ball over the pit, I was there really hoping to throw a third as far and look slightly less awkward, like an awkward high school freshman. Lastly, that's cool. That's cool that you got to do that, though. And it's cool that he developed into something. Absolutely. Uh, lastly, yeah. while much off-season throwing attention went to the Joe Kovacs lifting and mid-lift rotisserie chicken and Chase Jackson's wedding, uh, not enough attention has gone to Chase's Chase Ely new Pokemon Psyduck tattoo. I don't know what that – you'll have to send that along. I don't know what that is. Um, and that's Richard. I – I feel like I've heard of that, but I don't I did really watch know Pokemon the stuff. Kovacs thing. He's like doing a hundred reps of the squat, and he like takes a break, and it looks like the family went to a Costco run, and he pulls out the, the rotisserie chicken. So that that was interesting. Uh, do you want to play the right World Record song for uh, for Daniel? Uh... Okay, Daniel. Huh? I absolutely do because. After him, you know, talking about basically I would, kind of a sh- what a shame the event is. I like it. World record. Weight throw. Did you see a person do a thing that no one's ever done? Higher, faster, farther, more points ever been earned. All right, let's move on now to Robert. Subject line, bold yeah. predictions revisited, morbid. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, Kevin and Jason. This is Robert emailing you from North Jersey, formerly of Philadelphia, originally from Central Jersey. The discrepancy is crucial on the sections of New Jersey as it is a controversial topic. Some argue Central <laughs> Jersey does not exist. I went to the Milrose games and was super oh. excited for certain okay. aspects of the direction of the sport, such as building anticipation for the men's 1500 in Paris after performances from Nagus and Kerr, but I was absolutely floored with the news of Kelvin Kiptum when I got home. Um, when it comes to people dying, I think many people may have a similar thing happen to me where they remember super random details related to that person. For me, With Kelvin Kiptum, it brought me to Kevin's 2024 bold prediction of Kenya only having one medalist in the Olympic marathon, and that would be Evans Tribet. 
I really listened to the podcast, the part between 42 and 46 minutes, and Kevin specifically says, I think something is going to get screwed up with Kiptum. I don't know. I just think something weird is going to happen there. And as our Twisted World works, here we are. Uh, anyway, I says, I debated even sending this email because of how it may make Kevin feel. But I feel if it's not brought up, when the two of you go to revisit your 2024 bull predictions in 2025, you may have an awful feeling of guilt if Kipchoge also happens to not meddle in Evans Chibet does. Uh, this is just a thought. Love the show. That is Robert. Yeah, I had uh, I had totally forgotten that. I totally forgotten that I said that because I'm forgetting 90% of what I said. But, yeah. Yeah, and in a million years, it would have just been like, oh, okay, he's going to, you know, the hamstring's yeah, going to act yeah, up. Exactly. or something right i mean that's of course you never would in a million years think of this um yeah it's, it's, still, it's i mean still, it's it still doesn't seem crazy i mean it's still real it's still seem as a, like the sport sure. and everything just moves on so quickly and you're just you're talking about the next week results and you're like man the, the world record holder in the marathon passed away like two weeks ago and it just it feels all too sudden um yeah every time there's like a I mean, any sort of major marathon, literally major marathon, or you know, the Olympic marathon and stuff like that. I mean, of course, yeah, it's gonna be the first thing you think we of. We have two more. Uh, the next one is from uh, Marshall about Katir's suspension, and then, but let's just mm. let's do a really ridiculous one next. Uh, Jay Wilson, not a beach yeah. boy, formerly from the Valencia, the Midwest, now from Ann Arbor. Oh wait, did we know he moved for Ann Arbor? Have we talked about that? <laughs> I, I thought he maybe mentioned it on okay. a previous right. one, but I could be insane. So we asked about airplane mode, why, what the deal was with airplane mode. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Seinfeld. Weekly, What's Jerry the deal? Uh, hey, guys. So a couple episodes back, and he sent this on the 9th, so multiple episodes back. No. Uh, you asked, is there actually any reason to put your phone on airplane mode? during a flight or something of that effect. Luckily, I just so happened to be working on my PhD in electromagnetic signals and sensing. Just kidding. I had the same question a while back and watched a TED <laughs> talk about it. Basically. Love it. Oh, this is a new business idea. Someone just sums up TED Talks. Just make even shorter. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cliff notes for Basically, TED Talks. Phones talk. communicate Beautiful. by sending radio waves, each phone producing a slightly different wavelength to differentiate. Phones automatically scale the amplitude of the radio wave it sends based on how far away it perceives the nearest cell tower to be. So the farther away the tower is, the stronger, louder the signal your phone sends to connect for service. This becomes an issue when you're hurtling through the sky very quickly as you are almost always uh, further from a tower than your phone can manage. In a desperate attempt to stream the latest collection of the Great British Baking Show, your phone sends out the highest amplitude signal it can produce with the only noticeable consequence being your battery gets drained and GBBS still doesn't load. Oh, that's a great picture. I was like, wait, is that some sort of advanced navigation system? Yeah. <laughs> However, if your plane just so happens to fly over a cell tower for an instant, your very loud, tired, and confused phone will momentarily be way too close for the strength and blast the tower from point blank, essentially acting as a radio jammer for anyone else whose phone is routing through the poor, unsuspecting tower. The result in things uh, – this results in things like choppy calls or spotty reception. Whoa. Oh, so he says, so huh. in summary, everyone should use airplane mode not because wow. it will affect your flight but because it makes cell reception worse for everyone not on your flight. Wait, is that true? I, wow. I thought it, it was the radio interference. Now, I'm, now I need to watch the whole TED Talk. 
How long is this? This is interesting. Yeah, I'm. It's only four uh, minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this too. Uh, but that's that's really yeah, because I just would have assumed the idea was, hey, it's yeah, it affects. Like obviously, I knew it wasn't like, oh my god, someone turn off their phone. I can't control the plane anymore. But I just was like, oh okay, it's you know, it's something you know, a much lesser version of that. Um, but the fact that yeah, it's affecting just people. People. Right, it's only ground. four minutes. This that's video. Crazy. Uh, but instead of watching it, I just went to the oh. comments because that's where the true genius lies. First comment, to be honest, I Always. think telling people that it's not about their safety but being basically just nice to random other people will probably lead to 50% less people turning on airplane mode. Not wrong. Not wrong at all. It's a fair point. Uh, I think Cap Meddy is going to be the one yep. who's going to tell us this. I mean, he's the chief aviation correspondent. I mean, as much as I appreciate the email and as much as I think that the um, – Like they, you know, I, I, I believe this is a good source. I just, there's a reason why Cap Medi has that title. Oh, for sure, yeah. But I, I but I, I don't like it. I appreciate uh, Jay sending that in, and yeah, man. If you can just do nice things for for other people without getting anything back, that's okay. And it also doesn't take anything away, right? Putting like it's not like you're using your data if it's while true. you're up there, you know. So. It always makes me think of the – my favorite things is uh, – I don't remember who. Doctor Who? on Twitter or something like that at one point. <laughs> it's probably Doctor Who, um, <laughs> at Doctor Who, um, s- said that the the act of returning your uh, grocery cart to the, um, you know, roped-off area for carts is, like, a proof of whether or not – Oh, yeah. No, that's person. 100% right. Yeah, that's – Because yeah. there's you, – yeah, because yeah. you get absolutely nothing from it, right? Like, there's no reward. There's no yeah. penalty if you don't do it. But it's literally just like, hey, don't be a jerk. Make someone's job easier. I think that was, that. I think and, was a Twitter account. I think it was know. talking to me. I've said that. That's, pro- that's right. It was. <laughs> At Dr. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, just, I, always, I always think about that, and I'm always like, yeah. Like, take four seconds. Yeah. Although. Why not? Yeah. You got to put it somewhere. So some, I'm, I'm really good about it. I don't mean to brag, but I'm pretty good at it. Some say I'm elite. But sometimes with the thing is like way, 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 way far away, and I have like kids in the car, I'll at least like run it to ground. Yeah. Like on an island median. You know what I mean? Put put the two things up in the, you know, right. put the wheels up in the grass or whatever. Like, you know, I never just leave it floating. You can't do that. Even if it's, even if it's empty. Like I've gone to great no. pains to, to, like even if the parking lot's empty, still walk it back. Yeah, I think as long as you make some, you know, effort. Like I get it. Yeah, like you said, you got you got three kids in the car, and you're, yeah, you know, it's your your yeah. cantaloupe just rolled yeah. under the car next to you, and you're just like, oh, you've my God, just this described is the stressful. last three Sundays of my life. <laughs> Down to <laughs> tea. All right, let's uh, end with this voicemail from Marshall about the well about the Katir suspension. It says, "Hey, Kevin, Jason, this is Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. Just wanted to chime in on the Mo Katir whereabouts failure." And I understand that track is not a premier high paid profession, but am I the only person who thinks it's weird that Katir still lives at home with his dad? And what does his fiance think about this? Like, is she going to move in with them after they're married? I mean, I understand Katir multiple time medalist, ASICS contract. Maybe he's just saving up a bunch of money for, you know, really nice estate or he's investing his money in the stock market. I don't know. But come on, man, like, I'm sure you have enough to live on your own. So grow up, be a big boy, 
figure it out. Uh, with that, that's all I got. You know, there is a well. You're, when you read Something the report, it's like the, the fiance and then the dad. It's like so many family members are involved. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> why, 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 why is this become such a ordeal involving multiple members of the the Katir household? Uh, Europe, Europeans in general just live with their parents longer. I was going to say, I was like, yeah. this might be just a cultural thing. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fair point though. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like you're a star oh, yeah, athlete, 100%. you know, you think of it, you know, two, two time medalist. And I, I certainly, uh, yeah, it could just be one of those things. And his, his but, uh, it is, it is kind of funny to think just like, oh yeah, dude, you got the, it's like, dad, can I move your, uh, <laughs> Billy, the big mouth bass from the thing and put up my silver medal? No, son. Billy stays. Right. I don't know what the, the Spanish equivalent of the, the Billy the Big Mouth Bass is, but I also could have used a reference not That was the singing bass, right? Ago, but yeah, I remember. It was, yeah. Yep. It was big there for a minute. It was in many a Midwestern basement. Yeah. I just remember that when I was a, All when right. I was a kid. Great emails, great voicemails, houseofrun at gmail.com. Uh, that's the way to get a hold of us. If you know where the Peter Snell book is, anywhere around the world. Send us a note. Like the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Mm, yeah. That's I, I like that it's the journey. Of course, mm-hmm. like multiple listeners are involved. Um it's it, it's just the stuff about this show that I'll never I'll never get over. Right. It always cracks me up. I don't know what we'll talk about next week. More indoor stuff coming. Preview oh, of World Indoors, probably, right? When is I think it's like the Starts like the first everything. or the second. I used or to know like the that. next twelve sites of like NCAA championships, and now it's like our world indoors <laughs> next week. Uh, just career change. Uh, March first to March third. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. So next Friday, world indoor preview. Lock it in. Uh, okay, that's exciting. Good, good, good. We have a lot to talk about. Then. I, I didn't know if there was more more meets this weekend, but probably not. Um, all right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Jessica Ennis, you used to live with your parents? <laughs>